morning. Welcome to South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being here today, whether you're in person in our modern sanctuary or joining us from downstairs in our traditional sanctuary or joining us online or listening to our podcast. It's great. We have all these ways to worship God, but uh, one message, one God, one church. So glad that you're all here today. We are finishing up a sermon series called All Hands on Deck in which we have been talking about how God has given us all gifts and abilities to build up the kingdom of God in our community. And those of us who call South Park Church home, today is the opportunity to make a commitment to serve God here in 2023 with our time, our talent, and our treasure. And if you didn't uh, yet get one of our commitment cards, our ushers have those, they can get those to you. And we just would invite you to prayerfully complete that and stick it in the offering box at the end uh, of the service. Uh, Whether you're in either sanctuary, we have a box there, or you can email that to us or go online. But it's just a way for us to give back to God in 2023. So again, we're glad you're here. Glad that Thanksgiving is this week. Hope you guys are all ready. Everybody ready to travel, all that good kind of stuff. And so... uh, want to start out today just maybe with an interactive kind of an exercise. So those of us who are here in the modern sanctuary, in just a minute, I want to invite you to think about in your mind two or three things that you're grateful for. So maybe go ahead and be thinking about that. To those of you joining us from downstairs in our traditional sanctuary, I want you to think about two or three daily hassles that kind of get under your skin. And those of you who are watching online or listening to our podcast, you can choose to be grateful today or to think about something that hassles you. So two or three things. So let me just give you a few seconds. Go ahead and just think about that right now. Is it something that you're grateful for or something that uh, brings you a hassle? What are those things in your life right now? What are they in your mind right now? Two or three things. Okay, well, uh, what we did was a very short version of a study by a psychologist who asked different groups of people to journal every day five things in their life. Uh, One group did five things they were grateful for. One group did five things that were daily hassles. And then there was a control group that kind of did kind of a neutral thing. And so at the end of this study, this is what the psychologist found out. Uh, This is a person named Robert Emmons. It was a gratitude study. The people who gave gratitude, right, wrote down five things in their journal every day that they were grateful for, felt better about their lives overall compared to the other groups, the ones listing the hassles and the ones who were kind of neutral. The gratitude group were more positive about the future and repeated, reported fewer health problems, right? So we felt better about our lives overall. We were more positive about where we're heading, and we had fewer health problems, right? So as we go into Thanksgiving, uh, this time where we give thanks, right, it it proves scientifically that there's something powerful about giving gratitude. Now, when we list the hassles in our life, we talk about the hassles. That's helpful too, right? We vent to other people. We get that junk out, but not as much as giving gratitude. So I'm sure that some of us are excited about this week. We're going to get some turkey. We're going to have some time off from work, time off from school, maybe travel to see family and friends and looking forward to that. And Some of us might be a little stressed out. We might have to work on Thanksgiving, or we might have to be rushed, or travel a distance, or maybe we're going to be alone, and so we're not super excited about Thanksgiving. So just with all that in mind, maybe just heed the advice of this psychologist and just take some time, as easy as it sounds, make a list for the next few days about things that you're grateful for. And you should feel happier, and you should be healthier, right? Just by listing those things, I think that's really powerful. Well, as we're going into Thanksgiving, we're thinking about all this. I want to spend some time with Jesus in the Bible today, uh, and he's going to teach us some interesting things 
about the power of giving thanks from a spiritual perspective, not just a scientific perspective, but Jesus is going to give us an experiential kind of thing with that. So I want to jump in. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. This is near the end of Jesus' life, okay? So we're going to start with Luke 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So what's going on here is that Jesus is leaving the northern part of Israel, and he's going down to the south where the capital city of Jerusalem is, and he's going there to die. He's going to die on a cross so that all humans, including you and me, can be restored in a right relationship with God. So Jesus has got some heavy things going on in his mind. And I don't know about you, but... You know, I just wonder, like, is Jesus wanting to hide from people and just spend time alone? Or is he wanting to be distracted, not having to think about being crucified? You know, so what's going on in Jesus' mind? He's got this long journey down to Jerusalem. He knows what's coming. That's got to be very difficult. And he is between Samaria and Galilee. Galilee's in the north. Samaria's right below that. Um, uh Samaria was a region where the people of Israel had sort of enemies. The Samaritans lived there. And they were Israelites in the past who had married people from outside of the nation of Israel. And so they had intermingled with foreigners and they weren't considered fully Jewish or fully Hebrew or Israeli. And so they, these groups of people, the people of Israel and the Samaritans, hated each other. And so Jesus is kind of walking between these two territories, and he's going to give you uh, some spoilers here. going to run into some Jewish people and also to Samaritans, right? So let's see what happens with Jesus as he's going to Jerusalem. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So Jesus comes across ten men who had leprosy. Right in the Bible times, leprosy was, um, it could be any manner of skin disease that you could outwardly see, and some of it was contagious, some of it was not, but if you were deemed to have leprosy, it was almost a fate worse than death. If you had leprosy, you had to leave your home, you had to leave your job, you had to leave your family, your spouse, your children, your parents, your friends, your your favorite restaurants, your, your place of worship, right? You had to leave and go away by yourself for the rest of your life. And the only people you could really hang out with were other people who had leprosy, and so you might run into them. And wherever you would hear that people were going, you had to have at least a 50-foot buffer, and you you had to yell out, unclean, I'm unclean, stay away from me. And they would ring bells, kind of like when you're hiking in the woods and you're like, hey, bear, right, stay away from me. This is the opposite, right? I'm unclean, I can't be around you, right? Can you imagine how lonely it was to have leprosy and right, you're considered a loser in life and people didn't want to be around you to be contagious? And, and so this was like, again, a fate worse than death. And so the, these 10 lepers that Jesus comes across, and I'll go ahead and, and tell you that there's probably in this group some lepers who were Jewish from the, the nation of Israel. And there, there is at least one of these lepers was a hated Samaritan, but they're hanging out together. You know why that is, right? When we find ourselves in dire circumstances, all those social conventions that bother us, we let them go. The lepers are like, I don't care if you're fully Jewish. I don't care if you're fully Hebrew. I don't care if you're Samaritan. As long as somebody's here to hang out with, I'm going to drop my guard on that. When people are diagnosed with cancer and, and they're going through that together, it doesn't matter if you're male or female or black or white or rich or poor or gay or straight, right? We're going through this together and it, 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 breaks down these social barriers. 
To me, it's just sad that it takes something that massively negative to let us drop that. But that's what's going on here. These 10 lepers hanging out together. Some are Samaritans. Some are most likely from the nation of Israel. And they don't care where they came from. They're just glad they have somebody to hang out with. And they do something that's pretty unusual. They approach Jesus. Because remember, they're not supposed to approach anybody. They're supposed to ring their little bells and say, unclean, get away, go away. But they must have heard that this Jesus is somebody who might be welcoming to them, might be approachable, that he has been doing these healings. And maybe if he's the one who's doing these healings, maybe the lepers are thinking, he might heal me. right? And so they approach Jesus, which they're not supposed to approach anybody. They kept a distance, right? It says they kept a distance, but they get close to him. And what do they say? They say, Jesus, Master, right? They're hoping he's the Messiah, that he's the Son of God, that he is who he says he is. Have pity on us. What are they asking for? They're saying, Jesus, heal us. We're tired of being alone. We want to go back to our families. We want to go back to our lives. We're tired of this skin disease, right? Some of these people are physically hurting, right? Jesus, have mercy on us. You know what that feels like? Like, Jesus, I need your help. I am isolated in life. I've got some bad things in my life, Lord. I don't have a lot to be grateful for. Have pity on me. So let's see what Jesus does. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, if someone were to be healed of leprosy or the leprosy just went away at some point in their life, then to re-enter society, to go back to your home or go back to your village or your town, you had to go to the local priest. And the priest kind of served as the doctor to say, I give you a clean bill of health. You don't have any leprosy anymore. You've been healed. You can now go home. So Jesus says to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And they're probably wondering, well, my skin's still bad, right? I still have leprosy. Why would I go, oh, wait a second. Jesus might be getting ready to heal me. He's sending me to the priest. I'm not ready to go to the priest. But if this is really the Jesus, then maybe this is my moment. And and maybe we're going to be healed. And so all ten of them seem to take a leap of faith. Like, okay, maybe Jesus is going to heal me. Or maybe they're like, well. I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to go along, right? Maybe some kind of a mixture, but I got to believe there's some faith in here. And so they're like, wow, Jesus told us to go show ourselves to the priest, right? And then what does it say? As they went, they were cleansed. Can you imagine what they must have felt like? Like they're looking and all of a sudden all this stuff on their skin and deformities start to melt away or go away. How how would you feel, right? I mean, yes, he did it. It works, Right, this is really happening. I, you know, I'd be probably jumping up and down, high-fiving each other. Like some of them would be in disbelief, and some of them are like running at full speed sprint. Like, I can't wait to see my wife and my son, and I can't wait to see my friends. I can't wait to go to my favorite restaurant. I'm starving, right? I can't wait to go worship again. I can't wait to sleep in my bed. I can't wait to get away from these people that are driving me crazy, right? Whatever it is, like, I am ready to go. How would you react to that? Because Jesus just gave them their life back, right? He gave them their life back. They're cleansed, and it looks like they just they take off, and they're super excited about that. So let's see what happens. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and 
he was a Samaritan, right? So one of the ten, right, they all have had this moment of, yes, I'm healed, right? On the way, he stopped. He's like, wait a second, right? Praise God, I'm healed. God healed me. The Messiah healed me. And he came back and he laid down in front of Jesus and he thanked him. He's like, yeah, I want to see my spouse. I want to see my children. I want to go back home. I want to get the meal at my favorite restaurant. But all that can wait. I look forward to that. But I've got to thank the man. I've got to thank the God that healed me. Right? And so he went back. And he was a Samaritan. Right? Don't lose sight of this. In his world, in his day, he was a double loser. Right? He was a leper and a Samaritan. He was an outsider. People were like, you should have nothing to do with this person. They're beyond help. Right? And that Jesus approached him, healed him, and he was grateful. Right? Double loser in life, no longer. Right? Jesus, the Son of God himself, healed him. Right? And so he went back and said, thank you. Right? I am looking forward to doing all that stuff. But thank you, God, for what you've done. So Jesus then asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Didn't I just heal ten people, right? Where are the other nine? That's an interesting question, right? Jesus, right, taking time out of his busy schedule. He's on the way to be killed, right, on the cross, right? He's probably stressed out. He runs into these lepers. He takes time to give them mercy and, and all this. And, and one of them came back to thank me, right? That's great. It's kind of like the, maybe the earthly side of Jesus. Well, where did the other nine go, right? Throw me a bone. Maybe two people could come back, or maybe three people could come back. But it's like, where are they? We're talking about uh, our sermon series uh, this, you know, this month of being all hands on deck, right? Here we had one hand on deck. We had nine hands that were missing, and Jesus is wondering, right? Didn't I heal ten? Where are the others? There, where are the other nine? Right. So let's keep going. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? I'm glad the Samaritan came, but the the people of Israel who know me and who, who knew the prophecy that I'm the Messiah, like, where are they? Right? We're the people of Israel. Right? Surely they should have been the first ones, right? Not the double loser. I mean, Jesus doesn't see him as a double loser, but, like, he gets it. What about the other nine? Where are they? Which makes me think that this was the one Samaritan. The other nine were probably Jewish. Um, then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is interesting. This is an interesting thing. Well, your faith has made you well. You, I've already been healed physically. What are you talking about, Jesus? So I've been reading some biblical commentaries about all of this and just, you know, what does this last thing mean? And there's a couple of different theories. I think they're both probably right. When Jesus says, like, your faith has made you well, right, rise and go, I think that there was the physical healing. But in the man's return to Jesus, there was something deeper than that. And most of the biblical commentators say that there was some kind of a spiritual healing as well. It wasn't just his body that was changed. It was his soul, his heart. And so there was a, a, a second healing, right? He, he truly acknowledged this is the Savior of the world, and he was spiritually restored as well. And so I think that's pretty deep. That's pretty powerful. It's inferred, and I think that's really what's going on here. And another commentator said a beautiful thing. It said that thankfulness is a form of faithfulness. That he came back to be faithful, to say, you know what? He, I recognize that you are God, and you showed me mercy, and I am grateful for that. That when we're thankful to God, it's a form of being faithful. To 
say, I recognize you are the God of the universe. You're the one that has the power. You're the one who worked in my life and has done this, whatever it is that God has done for us. And our thanking God is a way of being faithful to God. And I'm sure the other nine were grateful. And I'm sure they probably praised him and thanked him later. They maybe just were super excited to go. But, but the one stayed. And I think it, it's, it's faithfulness is a form, or thankfulness is a form of faithfulness, right? So a few things I don't want us to miss in this uh, story, if we can throw those up, right? One, Jesus is merciful. He was merciful. He healed these lepers. Right? Jesus is approachable. Right? He's on the way to die. He's on this long trip. He, he's around people that aren't supposed to approach him, and yet they know that he's approachable. As we are followers of Jesus, would people see us as approachable to help people in the world? Jesus is for everyone. He came for the people of Israel. He also came for the Samaritans. He came for everyone people who the society considers as um, good people, people who would be considered winners, people who were considered double losers, right? Jesus came for all of us, right? And the one leper experienced physical and likely spiritual healing. Your faith has made you well. And that thankfulness is a form of faithfulness. Thankfulness is a form of faithfulness. So, as we go into the Thanksgiving week, we can remember that, like, the psychologists, the scientists, like, when we give gratitude, we are happier. And also, we learn with Jesus and, and this one leper that when we give gratitude to God, we are closer to God, right? So, gratitude helps us feel closer to God. Gratitude helps us feel happier. It helps us live healthier lives. Gratitude is important, right? So, we should exper express that. And sometimes it's even gratitude for things that we take for, for granted, right? Hey, I'm, I'm breathing today. I have friends today. I have a roof over my head today. I have clothes on my back. I'm stressed about school, but at least I'm going to school. There's not a war in our nation. Like, there's so many things that we can be grateful for that we take for granted. And when we stop and give God that gratitude, again, we're happier. We're closer to God. We're probably less mean to other people we might be more gentle in spirit we begin not to think that the world owes us everything and when we don't get it we get bitter right this is just a way to live a better life to live a life that is fuller right so today as we go into thanksgiving just in your mind what are you grateful for what are those things that we take for granted what are those big huge things in our lives and how are we expressing that gratefulness to god I was thinking about as a church, like what are some things that I've seen in the life of our church over the past year that God's done just some really powerful things. And I just, I celebrate like uh, we had the summer camp where we partnered with another church and uh, some of our preteen and teenagers uh, gave their lives to Christ. Chris was part of that. Cole was part of that, right? Just young people giving their lives to Jesus, right? We should be grateful for that. It's amazing. Uh, we are grateful that we have built this new campus and we radically share it with our community uh, one of the vendors that we work with was in the church doing some work, and um, this was uh, earlier in the year. And one of the persons stuck around afterwards just with me one-on-one -on -one and said, Hey, you're, you're, you're the pastor here, right? Pastor Kyle McGuess. Yes, I am. And said, Do you mind if I spend some, a few minutes to talk to you? I'm like, Sure, what do you want to talk about? He said, My marriage is falling apart, and I just uh, I would like to talk to you if that's okay. And that's nothing that I did. But that's what you did. You helped build this building. You helped bring in people from 
our community, and we open up a safe space where someone can say, wow, I need to unburden myself with some things that I'm struggling with. I want to talk to someone from this church. That's something that I'm grateful for as your pastor that you put us in situations like that. We had our outreach fair down in the crossroads where we do coffee and donuts, which will be down there today on our second floor. And we brought in all the different groups in the community uh, that we partner with to do outreach, to help people. Right, the schools where we go and, and help students. We had uh, uh, the meal packing stuff that we do. We had some folks who we fight human trafficking with in here. We had the pastor from Haiti that we support was here. Um, the the place where we go and we we feed uh, people at the men's shelter uptown. Right, we just you know introducing ways for you all to plug in and serve God in the community. And one of these groups that fights against human trafficking here in Charlotte, uh, Dahlia Grove, they. They, they help women uh, who have been trafficked and enslaved in our city, who were rescued, then get their lives back together. Some of what they do is they help these women fight against being um, addicted to alcohol and to drugs, substance abuse. Uh, we had a family in our church that had an adult child who's not been human trafficked, but who had just relapsed uh, into alcoholism. And we're talking to them, and they had a bed in their full-time uh, recovery place opened up for that member of our church and, and their grown child to go into that program. I'm grateful as a church that you support things like that, where lives are being transformed in the name of Jesus, where lepers in our world today are finding healing from the power of Jesus Christ. Thank you guys for doing that. Thank you for being a, a church that follows Jesus where we know that the more hands that are on deck, the better that we can be able to serve God in the world. What are you grateful for? What are you going to thank God for today? What are you going to thank God for this Thursday? What, what are you grateful for in your lives? As we think about the message today, what's the point? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? So what? What's it all about? Thankfulness is a form of faithfulness. When we're thankful to God, we're being faithful to God. We recognize who God is and all the blessings that God gives us. Thankfulness is a form of faithfulness. So as we think about an action step to follow up from that, uh, one thing I'd like to invite you to do is to give thanks to God daily. You can do that out loud. You can do that in your mind. You can write that in your journal. It doesn't have to be two hours. It can be 20 seconds, right? But to give thanks to God daily. And not just this week. And I know it sounds cliche and boring and blah, blah, blah. But, right, we look. The science proves it. The theology proves it. Giving gratitude will change your life. Being grateful, being thankful is a form of faithfulness. So give thanks to God every day, every day, right? Now, one thing I wonder about in this story about the leper, the one leper who came back, I wonder what he did after he came back and he worshiped Jesus. I'm guessing that he then went and showed himself to the priest, and he was deemed to come back into society. He found his family, found his friends, he got his favorite place to eat, you know, all that kind of stuff. He went and did that. But I'm guessing that when he went back into Samaria, he also probably told somebody about what happened. You wouldn't believe what happened. I met God. I met Jesus. He healed me, right? You need to check this guy out. He, he probably witnessed. He probably served God. He probably started being an, an, an ambassador for Jesus. He might have helped lepers, right? He might have thought, wow, I've been there. I know how terrible it is. I, if there's something I can do to help someone who's a leper, I'm going to do that. I'm thinking that this leper didn't just thank Jesus, go on with his life as if nothing had happened. 
but he, it changed his life. And he, he did what he could to help God and to help other people. Not because he was trying to earn his way into heaven or earn Jesus' love because he'd already received that. Not because he was guilty in some way, but because he was grateful for what God had done for him. And as we go into Thanksgiving, as we give God thanks, I, just, I would challenge you also to think about what has God done for you? What are, the, what are the great things that God has done for you? And what's your response to that? Right? How do you give back to God? How do you thank God through your words and through your actions? Not to earn any love for, from God or to earn your way into heaven or not out of some sense of guilt, but like God has done this for me, and I'm just so grateful I want to give back to God. Because right? I'm sure that's, that's what the leper has done. Right? And as we think about, right, all hands on deck for 2023, right, the more of us who are grateful and giving God our time and our talent and our treasure, then the more ways that we can, we can reach our community, the more people can find God in this place, right? Like the person who stuck around and asked me about their marriage that was falling apart. The more kids can find Jesus, right? The, the more people can battle addictions and be freed from them, right? When we're all hands on deck, Right, great things can happen. And so what I'd like to invite you to do, one more thing for action steps, right? Give thanks to God daily. But as South Park Church, get on deck, right? Get on deck, right? Again, all hands on deck when there when there is a ship at sea and some trouble comes, then they say all hands on deck, a hand is a person, everybody come up on deck. We gotta fight this this storm together, and they're able to do that. Right. And so I just would challenge you, how are you using your gifts? and your abilities, your time, and your talent, and your treasure to advance the gospel through the, the ministries of South Park Church, right? Because if you're not involved, then there's something missing, and we're not able to fully do what God is calling us to do, and that's to share the love of Jesus Christ with our community, right? So the more of us who are on board, more of us who have our hands on the deck, right, the more that we can do to reach people for Jesus, right? So to make a commitment to serve God next year with your time, your talent, and your treasure, to, to do that because we are in a storm in our world, right? Where there's a lot of crazy things going on. It's a good world. There's a lot of good things, but there's a lot of stuff where people feel like the 10 lepers. They feel lost. They feel outcast. They, they are hurting and they need the good news of Jesus, right? Our nation's torn apart politically, right? The midterms elections have proved that and Democrats and Republicans and we hate each other and the independents are in there. And yet today in all of our worship services and watching online, guess what? There's Democrats and Republicans and independents. And not only do we tolerate each other, but we love each other. And so we're showing the world a different way. Right? We, we saw this week shootings right at the University of Virginia. There were shootings at uh, University of New Mexico. There are the stabbings at the University of Idaho. There was a shooting in a club, a gay club last night in Colorado. Uh, and just yesterday, across the street at the South Park Mall, they evacuated the whole mall because they thought there was an active shooter there. There was not, thankfully, but it's not just Colorado, it's not just Idaho, it's not just Virginia, it's across the street. And so what we're doing here today by celebrating God and giving thanks for the good things is something our community needs, living in fear right across the street for a good reason. We have the good news of Jesus. We can make a difference in the world, especially when all hands are on deck. Thankfulness is a form of faithfulness, right? Give thanks to God every day and get on deck so that we can transform our community in the name of Jesus.
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.